Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Let's pick up our Bibles now at the New Testament book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 23. The Lord's Apostle Peter is preaching a sermon, and listen to what he says, Acts 2.23. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. And yesterday we learned this man is Jesus Christ. We divided this verse into two parts. Part one reads, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. And part two reads, You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. Herein is the providence of God. It is God's will that Jesus be crucified. Therefore, God the Father providentially directs the actions of godless men who put Jesus the Son to death. And we learned what the words or phrases delivered over and predetermined plan, and foreknowledge of God mean. Were you not with us on Monday? Well, then be sure and get over to the God Is website and listen to the God Is podcast. Godisministry.org. That's godisministry.org. What was taught here yesterday is foundational to understanding the providence of God in the death of Christ. So please listen to the podcast. And when we were so rudely interrupted by that sticky time limit we are constantly dealing with, me especially, I had not quite finished my comments on the foreknowledge of God. So let me go back and finish what I want to say, then we shall move on to part two of verse 23. Are you with me? Great. Onwards. It is crucial we understand what this word foreknowledge means. When we read that God had foreknowledge of the death of Christ, we might assume this only means that God knew beforehand that Jesus would be crucified. It is like God, way back in eternity, looks way down the corridor of future time. He sees Jesus hanging on the cross, and so God has foreknowledge of the crucifixion. He knows about it before the rest of us do. But this word means much, much more than that. It means God made the previous determination. God specifically planned. God intentionally made it so that the death of Christ is God's perfect will. God is active in planning for the death of Christ. God is not passive in the death of Christ. Make sure that you do not make God passive here. He is no casual observer. He is intimately involved. God makes absolutely certain that Jesus will be delivered over to death. It must happen exactly the way it did happen. The death of Christ is within the providence of God. Jesus was no victim. In fact, listen to Jesus himself in John chapter 10, verses 17 and 18. I'm reading Jesus' words in John 10, 17 and 18. For this reason the Father loves me, 
because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Jesus intentionally laid down his own life. No one took it from him. God made the previous determination. God specifically planned. God intentionally made it so that the death of Christ is God's perfect will. God is active in planning for the death of Christ. God is not passive in the death of Christ. This is why Jesus says, I lay down my life. No one has taken it away from me. In eternity past, in the mystery of the Trinity, God the Father and God the Son were in perfect agreement that at the appointed time on earth, the man Christ will die. A lot of people miss this. Jesus was in control of his own death. He was in charge of it. Jesus is not a victim in the sense that his crucifixion did not happen against his will, but rather in his will, at the time of his will, even at the place of his will. And if we had more time, we could go back to the Gospels and I could highlight for you several verses that make this obvious. But as we need to keep on moving on, we affirm that the death of Christ was all in the providence of God. Jesus is delivered over to the godless men according to what? According to the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. Having established that Acts 2.23 is a verse in two parts, and having understood part one, let us now move on to part two. Peter preached, You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. What we have here is also the providence of God in the evil and sinful acts of godless men. Peter says that his audience, the ones listening to him, are guilty of killing Christ. And you might want to stop Peter. Well, you cannot stop Peter. He is with the Lord. You might want to stop me and say, hold on. You just got finished telling us that Jesus was crucified because that was in the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. God planned it. But now you are saying the men who carried out the crucifixion are responsible for it? Aren't you contradicting yourself? Because God planned Christ's death, isn't God responsible for Christ's death? Shouldn't the people who killed Jesus be absolved of any guilt? Well, I think that's a fair question, but the answer is, there is no contradiction. Two things are true at the same time. God providentially directed the actions of the men who crucified Jesus. And at the same time, those men are responsible and will be held to account for their sin. I agree with you that this is hard to understand, but just because something is hard for our limited minds to understand does not make it false. It is very true that God uses evil people to accomplish his purposes, and God does this all the time, both then 
and now. What we have here is a stunning verse. I hope you grasp this. It is very similar to what we had in Genesis 50, verse 20, when Joseph told his brothers, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. The men who killed Christ meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God has his plans, but his plans never, ever excuse our sin. Never. And that is why I have emphasized again and again so much that you might be sick of me saying it, this. God never causes evil and sin, and God never approves of evil and sin, but God does permit evil and sin. God also directs evil and sin. He certainly restrains and limits evil and sin, and he overrules evil and sin. We find this penetrating truth here again in Acts 2 at verse 23. It is insightful to remember that Jesus speaks of the providence of God in his death in Luke chapter 22 at verse 22. This is easy to remember, Luke 22, 22. This is Jesus speaking. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. The Son of Man is Jesus. This is his favorite title for himself, used around 80 times in the Gospels. Jesus says of himself, I will go to my death as has been determined. But determined by whom? The answer is determined by God, as Acts 2 makes clear. And yet God providentially working through the acts of Judas, the one who betrays the Lord. Well, we might be tempted to think, if God is providentially working through Judas, then Judas is not responsible for his actions. We are wrong to think in that way, because Jesus then says, but woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Luke twenty-two twenty-two. Judas is responsible for his actions, and he will be held accountable when God judges Judas for his wretched sin, against Christ. We must not misunderstand providence to mean that God is responsible, God forbid, that he is accountable for any person's sins. Never. I think immediately of James chapter 1 and verse 13. Do you know James 1, 13? Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. God is always holy. There is no room for evil or sin within God. We are the sinners. Judas was the sinner. And we will all be held responsible and to account for our own sin. No one else's sin, that's true, but definitely our own sin. My sin is my sin, and I need to own up to it and seek the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can forgive my sin, and I hope that you, like me, will go to him and seek his forgiveness. Well, by the grace of God, 
I trust you were getting the picture. Acts 2.23 shows us how God's providence overrules sin for good. And yet, the sinner is still responsible and accountable for his or her own sin. Join me again tomorrow for God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org. Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.